This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Today on CityCast Philly. I was on Broad Street when the Eagles won the 2023 NFC Championship. The streets were packed. Fans were cheering, singing, and drinking beer. But then I thought, where do you go when you gotta, you know, go? We first aired this conversation last fall during the World Series, and now that the Eagles are headed to the Super Bowl, we thought this was an important question to revisit. It's Tuesday, February 7th, 2023. I'm Trinae Nuri, and this is what Philly's talking about. Ari Miller, you are a landscape architect and co-founder of Hinge Collective, which is a firm that focuses on community engagement before creating public spaces. So Ari, when you think about Philly's public bathrooms, what's the first thing that comes to mind? The first thing that comes to mind when I think about public bathrooms in Philly is just a very selfish and personal one, which is I I would like to be able to to use the bathroom in, in the city that I live in when I'm out in the city. That's the first thing that comes to mind is like, yes, yes, please. Thank you. I I really personally would like to see that happen. Um, But as a designer and as somebody that, you know, thinks a lot about public space and thinks a lot about how people perceive that public public space and also, you know, what kinds of signals is a city giving when it develops its public space? Bathrooms are, you know, showing an investment in, in a public interest. Um, and I think that a city can communicate different types of messages through through the public spaces, and it can say you're welcome here or you are not welcome here. And I and I feel like public bathrooms are absolutely a a way to say everybody is welcome here, and it's not for a specific group; it's for everybody. And I think that more types of investment in in um, in things like public bathrooms that say. Yes, this this is a this is a place for for everyone, regardless of of who you are. Or, um, I, I think that that's a good thing, and I think that 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 benefits the city as a whole. Can you actually define what a public restroom actually is? <laughs> I don't know that I I should be the one making that definition necessarily, but I I would say that I think if a public bathroom is truly a public bathroom, then it needs to be fully accessible to people of all abilities, but, uh, you know, it, it also needs to be open to, to anybody without needing to go into a private business. Right. Um, and ask for permission. And ask for permission. What makes a good bathroom a good place to kind of do your business? I think cleanliness is number one. Right. Um, I mean, accessibility is number one. And I think cleanliness is, is actually a, is part of accessibility. So yeah, cleanliness is number one and cleanliness, privacy. And um, I think that's pretty much, pretty much it. So let me ask you this. Where are all the public bathrooms in Philly right now? And I'm just thinking, 
you know, hypothetically, when the Phillies win and everyone's in town for the parade, where's everyone going to pee? In the alleys. We all know the answer to that. Oh, <laughs> we all know the answer to Ari, that. It's going to get messy. It's going to get messy. It's smelly. <laughs> uh, there aren't really any. I think that, um, you know, the city has put up temporary bathrooms, porta potties in, in a number of places mm-hmm. um, in, a, in sort of an emergency response to, to the need for public bathrooms. But those aren't actually really accessible to everybody either, are they? Because, you know, the, the cleanliness of the bathroom is is part yeah. of it is an, is an accessibility issue so yeah. you know if it's not clean enough then it's not it can't really it can't really serve as a public bathroom okay all right i'm gonna get a little personal with you right now but where is your favorite public restroom there isn't one in philly i, I mean because they're the my favorite public restroom is is in starbucks or mcdonald's or the coffee shop you know, it's right. it's gonna it's it's not really a public restroom, or it's these private businesses that either intentionally or or unintentionally serve as the public restrooms. Do you think it's commonplace for private companies or businesses to kind of pick up the slack of the lack of public bathrooms? Yeah, I think that's that is the urban public bathroom. Starbucks is the urban public bathroom. It's one of the most valuable public services that they provide whether they are intentionally providing it or not. And we, we, we know, especially in Philly, that Starbucks is not, is not always a place that uh, is accessible to everybody if you're not buying a coffee. But my favorite public bathroom that I have ever visited was in San Francisco when I was there many, many years ago now. And there was, it was, it was very much like a Portland Blue. I don't know what it was exactly, but it looked very much like a Portland Blue, but it definitely predated that. Right. Yeah. And speaking of Portland Blues, it was actually announced recently that the city is going to test some of these in Center City. But Ari, can you describe what a Portland Blue is? Oh, sure. So a Portland Blue, I, I recently became aware of this um, because there was some talk about placing one in, in a park near me. Um, and I've been sort of loosely following the idea of placing them around different neighborhoods of Philadelphia. And my understanding of it is it's a standalone bathroom. It needs to be connected to plumbing. It needs to be connected to power. It has facilities for easy cleaning. It has um, design features that prevent it from becoming uh, a temporary home for somebody. And it, it seems very nice. I've never seen, seen one in person, but the, the images of it and the, the description of its features. And I did look at some of the floor plans and technical drawings, and it did look, did look very nice. From a city's perspective, how can a city add more clean, private, accessible bathrooms? Well, I think we can learn from other cities that have been doing it already. I think the Portland Loo is a great, seems like a really good model. I, I think that any bathrooms that get added and, and Portland, the Portland Blue literature uh, emphasizes this also is that the locations of those bathrooms uh, should involve a public conversation about, about where they are and how they're being installed. Right. I think it's a worthwhile thing for the city to invest in. And it needs to, but it does need to start from a, a communication with the public around um, where they should go and how they should, how they should be installed. And again, a Portland Lou, kind of for our listeners, it's a one toilet stall. The colors are like, it's like a metal structure. And the wash area to wash your hands is outside yes. um, of the 
toilet area. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting an interesting design feature. And I think that part of that was to make people stay in there for less time. So you're not, you don't, you, you're, it's not a place where you would necessarily, you know, take a, like a sponge bath. So Ari, I'm curious, how much does one of these Portland loos cost? It, I think it depends on a lot of things. Um, the, in, in some of the literature that I've read about it, they can be pretty, pretty costly, but I think that they are not more expensive than other types of um, you know, if, if you think about it, it's a building, right? So, you know, what does it cost to build a building in the city? You have to connect it to sewer, you have to connect it to power, you have to get it permitted, you have to make sure it's in, in, the, in the right place. All of those things are, are technical challenges that can, that can adjust what, how, what it might cost. So it might cost one thing in one place and cost double in another place because of the connection. So some of that's also probably going to drive where they can and cannot be placed. Um, I, I don't, I don't think I could speak to an exact number. Um, I think the number would probably surprise some people about how much it costs. And for, and to be clear, it's one single stall. Yes. Yeah. One single stall. But you, you know, even for one single stall, you have to have all the things that, that a building has. And I think, you know, looking at it from a cost benefit analysis standpoint, um, I think that increasing the accessibility of bathrooms in the city is worth it. It's it's a really important part of making people feel welcome in public space. Um, there are a lot of things that designers do to intentionally or unintentionally make places uncomfortable for certain types of people to make it to, to prioritize others. And I think that public bathrooms are one of those things where if they are fully accessible and if they are clean, for everybody, then they really are a very leveling type of infrastructure um, that everybody can get behind. All right. I'm also curious to know, are there other cities who are taking public restroom issues um, and having other solutions that you think maybe the city could adopt? Um, I haven't done a full survey of um, precedents for other cities I do believe New York is looking at this. I know that you know San Francisco has been at the forefront of this. I think that um, cities that have been grappling with you know the situation of of having a large unhoused population are looking at this with more um, urgency than some other places. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a really important issue for you know talking about making a city humane and dealing with some of the some of the issues of of having a, a large unhoused population. So I, I think there's some urgency for some for some cities that, that are feeling more pressure than Philadelphia is, although we absolutely have our, have our own pressures and we have a very um, significant problem with opioid addiction. And that factors into the, the this discussion about public bathrooms as well. Ari, since you speak with community members about what they want in their public spaces, do they bring up wanting bathrooms? When when talking to people about designing public spaces, public restrooms absolutely comes up and the access to restroom, restrooms comes up. And it depends greatly on where you are, whether people feel like public bathrooms should be part of the, the investment in, in that public space or whether they feel like it's going to be an additional problem or something that, that they don't feel is going to be able to be maintained. And I think that the, the conversation about whether somebody is, is interested in having a public restroom or what that public restroom looks like 
is going to center completely around the care of who is managing it and what the maintenance is going to be. Ari Miller, thank you so much for being here on CityCast Philly. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. We'll have more coverage of the Eagles' journey to Super Bowl 57 later this week. You don't want to miss it. And here's what else Philly's talking about. Students of the Philadelphia Public School District will soon get lessons on the deadly 1985 move bombing in West Philadelphia. According to Billy Penn, this unit will be a part of the African-American history curriculum. And the 11th annual East Passyunk Avenue Restaurant Week returns February 27th through March 10th. So make those reservations. That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. If you enjoyed the show, share with your neighbor, rate the show, leave us a review, and hit that subscribe button. Be sure to sign up for the Hey Philly Morning newsletter too. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye. And here's what else Philly's talking about. Students, uh, la, la, la.